0: Hey guys, welcome back to the DDO DM podcast. Uh, welcome me back, actually, and uh, welcome you back. I uh, get sick, it happens, a couple weeks, it wasn't COVID. Uh, I think it's related to the long COVID stuff, because it happened last year, but that's enough about me. I, I'm back, I'm ready to ready to give a review, I think, on Acolyte of the Skin, at least up until level 20. I played uh, with a friend of mine. we played over the weekend. A couple days we played 1 to 20 um, we multi-class and then I, I went pure the second life uh, the second life to 1 to 20 we just did the TR to Heroic um, so we uh, had different um, experiences but similar experiences I guess as far as running the numbers and whatnot and I really excited to get into it so if you're not familiar uh, Acolyte skin is recently released uh, in DDO. It's a archetype for warlocks, and it, it's based off a of prestige class from the from the rules. Uh, it's is not. Um, it doesn't do what it doesn't do what it says in the manual although I would say it does Um, what it does stick pretty close to it because remember it's a prestige class Um, so the the it's it's really meant to be taking not necessarily alongside of Warlock, but um it's uh I'm sorry for the silence. So Acolyte with a skin is a is based on a three point five prestige class that's for casters, beginning at level five. Um there is the alignments are similar to what we've had described to us in ddo as far as any non-good and they kind of do like a ritual of bonding in ddo meaning that you could only have the one pack with the fiend and i kind of want to build um build from there because they they kept a lot of the features but they also were able to add their own their own spin on it. But there's no summon fiend, there's no poison. Um, so there's a few things that it doesn't it doesn't have, and I'm not gonna um, talk about the stun DCs or any of the other rules or base attack bonus or anything else that's um, that's involved with the the pen and paper one. Suffice it to say that there is a prestige class. It is 3.5, and it's similar, but also remarkably different in application um, as far as the DDO variant. And that's something I kind of want to get into. So I generally on this podcast, I review player suggestions. Sometimes problems or issues, sometimes the new update stuff. I guess I kind of touch on it all. Anything to keep the podcast going and to talk about DDO, right? Because I just love to talk about DDO. So that's really, that's what the podcast is about. I kind of made it based on player driven suggestions and content. But the reality is I'll, I'll pretty much talk anything DDO for at least an hour anyways, by myself. <laughs> I'll carry the conversation. Um, So... I cover player-driven content a lot, and I have made at least one friend that I've played with in game. The one this past weekend, and we talked a little bit about um, Acolyte of the Skin. Okay, now this guy is on the forums, and he suggested this. Um, he asked me, so we're, you know, in playing the game. And the conversation turns about like what, what, like what is your guy like? Well, he's Acolyte of the Skin, but like. He was, like, he was like yeah well, mine's acolyte of the dragon and i'm like haha i'm like oh, that makes kind of makes sense right acolyte of the dragon i kind of get it and i'm like you know when you do the eye glare i'm skipping ahead a little bit but the eye glare on the acolyte of the skin there's this deep kind of inner demonic laugh that um only the player can hear right and um it's derisive and condescending and he doesn't just, the laughter doesn't admit words doesn't say any words, but you get the sense that he is saying, couldn't do it alone. Huh? Can't do it without me. Huh? So you get kind of get that feeling from it. So he, uh, he mentioned acolyte of the dragon and I immediately thought of, uh, Dota's dragon blood, uh, anime on Netflix and Davy and the dragon. Hunter. Now I, I really like the first season, the second season, not so great, but, um, mainly because it had less uh, Slyrak and less Davian, and that was a very interesting uh, conflict. Um, so as soon as he said that, he mentioned Acolyte of the Dragon, I just immediately thought of Slyrak and Davian, I, something I like, and, and he and he had mentioned that, well, like, I'm just going to pretend that this is my half-dragon temple, And... Um, I mentioned like oh well I, I mentioned that Davian the Dodo Dragonblood anime to him, and he said I suggested this, and I said what do you mean? He said I I initially suggested um, he, I don't know, he got two forum posts, two different threads, and, and in one of them he did suggest like the second post he put, uh, I think it's the first fight Davian really really. The slyrap really takes over and just basically destroys and eats these these bandits that have uh, beset uh, Davian and it's uh, brutal, awesome and I would say the attack could be considered demonic <laughs> but um you know, Davian is possessed by a, a dragon elder god so yeah, the the dragon elder god soul recognizes that his host body is in trouble and takes over, morphing Davian's body into um, this sort of half-dragon-man thing. And he just, you know, kind of hulks out, I guess you would say, in a very fantasy way and um, kicks the, wins the fight, right? Then he disappears and goes back in Davian's fine. So Or he appears fine. So as soon as he mentioned that, I accolade of the dragon I thought of that and then he mentioned that he had posted that in his first like I guess in his first thread like He's like the first time that he's like you saw half dragon template, 2 I'm saying he's like there's another one that I first started talking about and I was trying to Get people to talk and see what their ideas were and I was shocked because uh, I knew that Acolyte of the Skin was a 3.5 prestige class, but I didn't realize how closely the DDO's implementation actually kind of follows that narrative, uh, up to and including like the little. And I don't think it's been done ever before, but the and the role play, like the little things that like kind of chronicles your uh, your descent with this uh, new uh, newfound power i guess so i was really um of two minds and of course he didn't stop talking about it all weekend uh saying that it was his and i said, i may i helped make this and i you know i knew they were going to it. he's very happy so i i wanted to review it i i was extremely surprised because i was going to play uh the blightcaster druid i think that's going to be off the charts as far as um power <laughs> and i also want to try the the dark hunter because everybody that um plays a ranger wants to be tanis half elvin second and Warden first and then probably aragorn third i mean i'm just guessing you might legolas third you might switch it up but that, that's how i see the order of the great rangers anyways um so it was a toss-up but he Showing me a video uh, Scrimtom had done about the animations are incredible. Like, let's talk about, let's get down to it. Let's talk about Acolyte of the Skate and why it's so special. Surprising. Total left-field surprise. I, for one, don't like Warlocks. I don't, um, I understand the concept of them. I don't like how DDO chose to implement their blast mechanics. I don't like either of the trees. I find them uh, fairly easy mode. I, and what I mean by that is uh, they, they're complicated in that depending on the types of damage you're doing and the types of gear you want, that that can get pretty, pretty um, comprehensive. But I would say as far as classes go, if you just pick one of the trees and bang right up to the top, um, like, it will it will perform very well for you. Um, and I don't, like, I like the Sorcerer, like the new changes they made to all the casting trees, and I love playing the Sorcerer and blowing shit up. So I don't know why I have this aversion to the Warlock. I guess I feel like Warlock is, apes a lot of mechanics from early Ranger, level 10, level 12 Ranger builds, where there was, uh, where the many shot could just clear an entire quest. You know, you would do a quest in two minutes and you do your many shot twice and basically destroy the entire quest. Um, and that wasn't easy mode. That was difficult because you had to navigate the terrain and sometimes you would, you know, you'd, you'd prefer to tank a couple of mobs to save your many shot. So there was some strategy to it. Um, but that was the main the main play style was pew pew and it was very effective, especially once they introduced the improved precise shot that was around level 10. They did that right before I think uh, the desert came out. So I feel like it simplified that play style with the Eldritch blast mechanics. Um, being that you just essentially stood there and just, you know, kind of th- lobbed these little balls and they didn't feel, um, good to me. It didn't feel good. Playing the class didn't feel good and I couldn't find a a connection to it. A connection to the Warlock class. And it's not for lack of trying because if you listen to like Strim Tom loves the Warlock and Voodoo Spice loves the Warlock. And if you listen to them talk about it, they love it. They talk for You know, Voodoo Spice has a tank and Strim Tom has like probably 8,000 different Warlocks that he can pull out of his Chest at any one time to play and they're all different and um ask him he'll tell you all about them. <laughs> i i so i've watched their videos in an attempt to find a purchase especially on my tr journey of like oh, well how am i gonna make a guy that i want to play if i don't even <laughs> want to play this class at all and uh i remember going through i don't i i ended up i found an old thread and i did wrong things and i should have taking Scrim Tom's advice and using the, the Acid one. Uh, and I took uh, the Sonic one. Now, I just, I've just i min maxed, so my stats were generally high enough and I took enough DC stuff that it wasn't an issue, but I totally see where it's coming from now that I've got a lot of time into it, well, like two, you know, I've got 60 levels, and that's not much but compared to a guy like that. but It's enough for me to at least form an opinion on, on what I do and don't like about the class at least as far as that goes so I'm not a big warlock fan but i'm absolutely totally taken by the acolyte of the skin and it's partly because playing my friend he al- alighted my choice to that he illuminated my mind to the acolyte of the dragon thing and explained to me that he how he was kind of thinking of it in his head and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my guy's the same way. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Basically, um, you know, kind of like a, a host to an entity that you didn't uh, you didn't invite, and it happens to be a dragon, right? So I, I like that. I really like that idea. And I like that um, when he show ever showed me the uh, the graphics. The can you believe the animations and that detail on the oh my god couldn't believe i was playing ddo i i saw stream pounds video and was i had to immediately load in i couldn't believe i was watching ddo have a system like this in the game it, and it is we pulled an all-nighter i think friday into saturday i was having the time of my life with this thing and we, we didn't even know because he he doesn't like warlocks either and um he knew a little bit more about like spell power and this kind of stuff and like which trees to get the crit so he's getting bigger numbers than me but i was just i mean i just couldn't believe uh, just the way it played and it was so smooth and each glare like i loved the glare and truth be told my first iteration was um uh was melee (laughs) and you can't really melee on this type of of character. And, and you'll know why when we go through the tree, but it was so much fun to jump into combat, wade around with the sword, use the glare, and then use the glare again, and listen to that laugh, and you know, hack and slash. It was great fun. On the lower levels, you, you can get get away with it. And In fact, I think it really probably sped things up for the most part. But it is much safer and better, I think, to use the beam. Anyways, so I just was shocked, and I was shocked with um, the transformation, how good it looked. Uh, we talked about that. And it's, I wish I want to get people to kind of guest on the show because I'm having conversations with people now in DDO that I play with, and I'm referencing them a lot. And I think it would be nice to you know, still throw it to them and have them explain it. But I was impressed with the, all the graphics. Um, animations, the artwork, the level of detail, the programming was very, very slick. Very, very cool. I, I was very pleased to see that they had adjusted at least the length of time you could be in Demon's Form. and I, I feel like that's, I just wouldn't, after playing it as much as I have, and I haven't played it in Epic, so I don't know how it would perform in Epics. But after playing it 1 to 20, I so my buddy was like, I'm going to, I'm going to throw suggestions on the forms and stuff I think I would like to see added. And I was of the mind to say, don't touch anything. And I say that and with this caveat. If you're going to play this Acolyte of the Skin, you can, you can play it like you could do Razor Claw Shifter. You could use the claws from the razor claw shifter and you could figure out some type of imbue or go barbarian you could figure out a way to use the tree to your advantage and then just kind of um have lackluster eye glares but use the symbiosis i don't know why you would use the symbiosis but you could just for like a role play effect and you could like slash have claws and have wings, and kind of do that bit and the reason why i say that is You could do those things, because I tried. It. <laughs> Not with the Rage of Gloss Shifter, but I tried similar things, and it was a terrible experience. Uh, because the pack damage is so key to making that transformation viable. And I'm saying, I am keep giving the caveat, I didn't play it into epics because we played through Reaper. We just r one for the XP bonus. We played through Reaper. And I didn't have any real issues there going into melee mode and 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 bouncing different um bouncing different things off uh, off the enemies, you know, the, the beams. However, when I had the great sword and I was trying this type of method, I found the the demon form was so lackluster. The only thing it was really good for was the extra AC. There's the benefits, the port, the AC and the, the healing from fire, which you'll be surprised at how many fire attacks are on the game. But I have to say, for my part, I know everybody's already posted on the forums. I saw today and I stayed far away from it. <laughs> I, I don't want them to touch anything about it right now. I, I want to play through epics, through at least Reaper 1 and just see... See if I get crushed by some of these. It's like I can get enough BRR because I'm going to do that. I'm going to try, to, you know, to make it. So I'm. I might. Well, I haven't sacrificed a whole lot of gear slots for survivability slots. Although he's not fully geared for the heroic levels for casting, and the other pieces that he has are uh, are like tank tank like pieces. So they, you know, sheltering. And, saves and you know uh mm you know that kind of thing arm natural arm rules protection so those are the kinds of items that I'm running outside of just straight caster items now we TR back and I want really wanted to try a pure uh caster like caster one but a pure acolyte of the skin and this is where in my opinion I love it and I don't want them to change a thing but this is where I guess I'm of two minds because I, I love so the the backstory of I just rip it from him. I'm going to steal his backstory. Um, so it's a forced relationship with, uh, say a dragon. he's inhabited your soul and for for whatever reason that you're going on this this journey with this thing inside of you, and you are aware that the power comes from there. And in your quest to rid yourself, you, you have to use the, it it's kind of like, uh, you know, the, the, what's one of those, uh, not the sword of Damocles, but it's one of those riddles where, I don't know, the, 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 the lock is the key, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's, um, that type of conflict though, where it's it's kind of not man against himself it's it's almost man against the deity in a way because it's not really man against nature but it's not and it it hints at the duality of man and it hints at the struggle that the that man has understanding the infinite and a being that can understand the infinite and then what would that look like if say now one now one of those the infinite being that's you know lives inside you now and is trying to take you over, but for whatever reason, you know role play reasons, you have uh, plot armor and you can hold him off or satisfy him by allowing him to exercise however you're going to interpret how that uh, symbiosis is is working. But that's what I find so interesting is the uh, the philosophical side of this type of character it's it's a very uh you could go a lot of different places but just mentally just mentally thinking about what does that look like to have a being that has no death date like it's not going to die it's going to always live and has seen hell itself maybe heaven itself and and now it's kind of merged with you and you share some of that understanding that you know like a human maybe shouldn't have and 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 now it's kind of trapped right because now it's it's because it's fused with you right now it's, it's kind of given you you know it's playbook so to speak so now you have this ability to you kind of entreat or deal with this thing you know, not on an equal level, certainly not at first, you know, but it just, I don't know, I, it begs me all these philosophical questions when I wonder, and then the the reason why I'm talking about that is because I, I imagine, I imagine this guy is a, like a Davian type character, like he's a fighter, a mercenary, and yeah, you know, I'd love to flesh out the backstory a little bit more, but i imagine him like that first though you know and then this thing takes over him and if it's a session zero thing i guess it wouldn't matter if you were playing tabletop so that way you wouldn't lose progression in the class so you could do that and i, and I guess that's kind of how i think about it that's why I, I i love it so much because i can get around the it doesn't multi-class the way i want it to Acolyte of the skin multi-classes very well don't don't let me Deter you from doing that, or coming up with builds, or, or don't don't walk away thinking I I think it can't be. But from my interpretation of it, I guess it's so well implemented into into that the way that acolyte of the dragon that I just can't I wouldn't want to spoil it. And it's so much fun when you play this class the way it's designed with the path damage. And using the other trees to kind of bolster uh, what what your damage could be, and and going to town like you know prepping yourself up and thinking about you know prepping yourself up for that symbiosis and, and using it. I used it all the time, whether it was effect, more effective or not. I don't. I, the one thing I would say about the symbiosis, I think it says there's a like that that your your power scale two hundred percent and i think the numbers go up a little bit um but i i don't feel like it was like super significant and i think it needs to fall at least number wise they need to fall like in a crit kind of way i guess not in a i get that it scales 200% with power but like the crit damage or whatever that number needs to i think naturally go up just so Um, just a little bit. So it seems like, oh, wow, that was a really big hit. I think people want to see that. And if they don't, they're going to feel like, why am I going to put myself in harm's way for any kind of time? 30 seconds, 35, 40, 50 seconds. Why would I just stay out here and use the beams? Because the beams are super fun. And um, I love them to death. And I, I use them because uh, I, I just it fits the it just it, they really just did a great that's what I mean about how you can't really compare this to the you can't compare it to the, you know, the 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 pen and paper you just you just can't it's just so well done with the animations the cores how they all work together and it doesn't feel bad like I don't feel bad. Uh, just playing it the way it was made and, and being that character. I feel like I am that guy. I feel like I am, you know, in, in my own life, I feel conflicted sometimes when I'm, that I'm at war with my own spirit or my own flesh sometimes. I feel that way. So I identify um, with that struggle. And you know, I don't always win. So maybe that's why in the iteration that they've come up with the gameplay mechanics just seem to work tie in just so well with that 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 type of a, of a character it's the, especially it's the fire damage you know that's key you know the um the fire damage is key and the way those animations look i can't express enough i mean we talked about it all night we played them all night and did not touch we saw dark hunters i was out killed by dark hunters okay um, I saw one blightcaster druid, but I'm, I know that's probably not representative of the population that's playing it. Because blightcaster druids was what I was going to go for initially. So the druids have always felt like uh, like the Jedi of the Dungeons and Dragons world to me. So I I like druids. I think that's a fairly common comparison going, at least as far back as three point five, at least like back to the. Well, late nineties anyways, probably. So early 2000. Anyways, I, I, I rolled a pure one and I did, I did what the, what the developers intended. So I built my gear around it, the blast and I did, I did what they wanted and it functioned the way it was advertised guys. It really, it really did. It was powerful. Um, before ITR back to level one again, I I couldn't believe the damage numbers I was getting. I couldn't believe um, with very little gear, mind you, with level 15 gear. I in a few pieces. I had the um, the Flames Cleansed set, whatever that is. The uh, one from I think it's Shine or the Cogs. I don't remember. But I had the three pieces. Of that. That's all I had. Everything else was all. You know, melee, you know, that's the kind of guy, right? Melee or rate or like, you know, pew pew low combat guy. So I don't have a whole lot of I do have some tank type stuff because I I hope one day AC will matter again, but so I keep some of that stuff around and I, I threw some of that stuff on there because because of the transformation and because I let them get close to me. So I can I beam them. <laughs> you know, I, I I you know it's a trap. You know, they see me shooting. And they come and they come and they come, and then before you know it, it's too late. By the time they see the horns and they see the darkness that resides deep within, it's much too late. You know, they've already failed their save, and they're literally dust. And and just to be able to talk about a class in DDO that I'm playing like that is is incredible to me. I think they just did such a wonderful job. So I caved. And I, I, I really, I love the beam, and I'm not fanboying out uh, because I, you know, I get into another podcast. But I, you know, the other guy that's on on here, or that, no, he's not on the podcast. But that I, I use a lot of his stuff. He, we have different opinions about monetization, customization. So we have some pretty deep um, uh, disagreements on 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 the game and the way the way it's run, but he's more of a fanboy even though i think he's the one that's more like openly critical and highly critical of the developers even on the forums whereas i would never you know i mean it's i mean i know i'm like a quote-unquote customer but i don't feel it's like my place to like you know i just be disagreeable all the time i don't think that would but we need you need people like that that are willing to say hey i love this thing and i think you should be better so that's why yeah i Appreciate having him around. It's not malice. You no, know, he just wants to. He just wants the game to run forever. And I think with Acolyte of the Skin, they have. It's the new to me that 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 type of exp- role play expression, and the way it made me feel playing it is the rarest form in in an online game. It's it's just so rare, and I guess part of me is jazz because I kind of believe the guy. Like he showed me the day beyond post. And then showed me where he talked about a couple of the other things, and I'm like, "Well, maybe you did help out, dude. Maybe they fucking maybe they needed some help. Maybe they were stuck. So either way, I, I I just feel like it. I I feel I I feel like he was heard. I'll say that. I don't know if he helped, but I feel like he was heard." And that makes me feel hurt by extension because I kind of started the podcast because all these other everybody bunch of people posting these suggestions and I'm like these are damn good. Why is nobody just not they're not featured in a video? There's nothing. Nobody is mentioning what what's going on on the forums of our game that we love. I don't understand that. That's you know to me it's forums are great because you can take those with you to work. You know which is why I kind of prefer the. i I wish i could make videos i'm terrible at it but i prefer the podcast too because like the podcast you can kind of like listen in with your phone on black and you don't have to have a subscription to youtube or anything like that you can just listen to your whether your phone on black and you listen to it low or however it comes out you pass the time right Pass the time talking about ddo so that's kind of why i like the i like the podcast but I, i would I I don't have time to do videos, guys. I just don't. I'm too busy. Anyways, back to the accolade of the skin. Are we ready to finally tackle this thing? I think all I've done is gush and wax philosophical on why this is such a great thing. And it is. The Dark Hunter is great to see in the game. Okay? Because everybody wants to be Drisdell Warden. Everybody. And Drisdell Warden didn't have trap skills. Um, but you know what? In DDO, he would. Because nothing would stand in his way. Because he is the hunter. <laughs> okay? And I really wish we could get the cat, the panther thing, but like we could... You could buy it, and then when you summon it, you could have a choice of which color panther you could summon when you summoned it. So it wouldn't be... Like legally licensed lock like the other one is that I missed out on because you guys chased me away with all your nerfs. <laughs> Anyways, if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, Menace of the Underdark came with a, a limited time Black Panther companion that looks remarkably like one of our in there. Because it was a limited time, some kind of legal thing w- with the license, I guess, that they can't resell it. Or because of the way the advertisement is, they can't resell that particular hireling. And, I, and the people don't generally use it anyways. Every once in a while, you'll play this one and they'll whip it out. Um, I think they could get around it by just giving this a similar statue. And just when you summon it, you can summon, you know, red, black, blue, green, and, and dark, dark purple. Uh, I think that might that might solve the issue. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about acolyte of the skin. And I'm talking about dark hunter because I, you're trying to say I think it's great. It's iconic. It's about damn time. And I haven't even played, I haven't even played it. But I played with a guy, quite a few quests with a guy, who was playing one. It was it was awesome to see. It was so much fun to see him having, everybody was having so much fun with these new archetypes. It is crazy. So, what is Acolyte of the Skin? Well, it's not Acolyte of the Dragon. It's, uh, technically, they, they, they describe it in their writings as, uh, you essentially are, grafting demon skin to your body and somehow in so doing it has its soul has possessed you see what I mean about the like I think this half dragon Davian thing is right like makes kind of no sense right but that's what they say anyways I, I, I prefer to think of it as um, you've invited or you were forced or unbeknownst to you, possessed by another entity that is that has no death date and kind of awakens uh, a deep power within you, like a power, a connection to the deep magic, right? So that's the kind of the setup. And the setup is that this thing is derisive and it kind of looks down on you. That's kind of the sense you get as you play it. But and there's a journal, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't read a lot of the journal notes. Because I didn't want it to interfere with my own backstory the way I was pretending to play it. I just, I saw some of the lines and they were very good. Very good. I, and I appreciated them. I loved that they were red and I loved they were a different font. And I appreciated that. And I liked that they were generic enough that they mostly fit into any backstory you could think of. So I, I, was, I appreciate that. That's a lot of hard work. And you can't phone that kind of stuff in. It seems like you can, um, but you start phoning in those types of lines. Um, and then all of a sudden you, you just, you're going to generally go from a general statement to a very specific statement. And then, you know, you kind of ruin, ruin a player's backstory. So they got to be careful when they do that. So I appreciate the right writing, writing it. And taking time. You know, I just, I didn't want to swipe. And I would say do continue that because I think that's, some people really need that push in Ddo to see to make that connection in their head with with building a character and this um, this uh, this edition the, the writing uh, the tech journal type thing with it is a good addition. I think it's a good addition, and if you're a player like me that has played pen and paper, you know you you're used to being able to, you know, have carte blanche, or you know, talk to your DM, and get whatever you want or get something close to it. You know, just I would just say take bask in that writing, enjoy it for what it is, and um, and hopefully. When people see that, they start looking at the other enhancement trees like that. When they're looking at, oh, well, oh, you know, I, I see how I learned that skill. Because that's what makes DDO so special. And you can metagame the crap out of this thing. You can streamline, and you know, people are, do it all the time with these builds. I'm going to get to e- eke out the most damage. I'm going to eke out the most defense. I'm going to eke out you know, this or that out of this build, that build. And then they get to a point, these good players, they'll get to a point where they have so much gear, they can pretty much make anything they think of viable. And I tell you that because way, way back in the early years of 2011, 2010, 2000, 2009, 2008. Yeah, so it's probably 2008, I would say, because I started playing in 2006. So 2008 to 2011. I was that guy. I like no life to DDL. It was my first MMO. And I was able to, and back then we would just share the builds with everybody. And we could come up with a kind of a zaniest thing and make it work. Um, I mean, I remember like, well, I don't remember it fully, so I won't say it, but I remember running some really low hit point builds just, uh, just for S and Gs, man. But, you know, right through raids and just watching people But my guy was able to melt the boss, you know, and I could survive. I could make the saves. There's no hit points. So when you know the game that well, um, and you know all the rules that well, and which quests have the quirks and which enhancements are quirky, um, you're able to take advantage of those those rules. You're able to take advantage of the rules for your own advantage, right, while you're building characters. So if you're listening to this and you're new, Please don't be dismayed by people who seem to make zany builds and work fine, and you're just trying to make a tank and, and you can't survive the night, or you're trying to, you know, phantasmal kill or something, and you can't do it. So don't don't worry about it. It's it's probably just a knowledge gate thing, and, and the way the game is now, I'm sure it is, and there it it can easily be solved. Those problems can easily be solved now by googling the best way around it, and you'll find a solution nowadays. and the devs have been kind enough to adjust the game so that, you know, new players can can enjoy Phantasmal Killer. It wasn't always like that. Um, even back when I played, it was, you had to, they didn't know your stuff. So, um, Acolyte of the skin. Acolyte of the Dragon. What an incredible enhancement tree. It's so well tied into the class itself. The enhancements are so well tied into the class itself. I just, and the function of the tree, if you're looking for a a Davian dragon hunter type character I would highly suggest you try this and acolyte of this game so there are cores as wrong well with everyone there's six cores all the all the classes get six cores it goes from Fiendish form one down to Fiendish form five and then your sixth Four is called ultimate fiendish form so in my pure life because I'm doing the podcast I'm not playing it now but my my for my 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 pure life I think i'm i'm seventeen holding eighteen so you know I've got up to fiendish form four and I already had that when I was multi class before um So let's go over the cores real quick, and you'll see what I mean how this is all glued together so well. I just can't keep compliments on them enough for this. So Phoenix form one, you gain 3% fortification, plus one to fortitude, saves per core ability you take in this tree. So that's awesome, right? That's a a cumulative bonus every time you level up, take a new core in this tree, spend enough points to unlock it. Right, because you've got to spend the points in the locket, you're gonna get another 3%. It doesn't seem like much, but 3 times 4 what's 3 times 4? you didn't go to school. I can do that, I can do that. 3 times 4 is easy, it's 12. I swear I didn't use a calculator, but 12% for it, that's. fort plus three fort. That's good for uh, all the other stuff you get, right? So it's the little numbers here that add up. Fiendish form two, right? This is going to be this is going to require a level three warlock. Plus three HP per court. This is not a lot. This this might be bumped up a little. I'm not going to make any suggestions. I take that back. I am so afraid that somebody's gonna realize how actually powerful this is because it's super powerful and extremely fun to play. When you gear out the caster, you play with the beams and you're working your magic and then those enemies close on you and the first time you use the gaze and then you have the the, the extra special gaze that you get at, at level 12. It's, what, well, the character level 12, you have to be Warlock 5, but the extra, so there's one, the first level of glare, your horns appear, and you have this demonic people that are close to you, they see your demonic, you know, possession, or your, the dragon kind of coming out and taking control as you activate its powers. So, That being said, without getting into more gameplay mechanics, the next one, just the animation alone, the next next level up from that is when that one activates. Your 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 um, dragon form completely comes out. The wings, they you know they first they appear and then they kind of furl up like in a, the only way I can think of it, they furl up and out like uh, how Batman does when he jumps off a building. They kind of furl up and out like that, and then. You know the, the the whole form kind of appears right there it's um very very satisfying you could just hit that button over and over because it's the art, it's so well done the art is so well done it's like glorious to see so though just the way those attacks work together along with the spell choices you have and then the fiendish symbiosis it's it's just a, there's a lot there going on it's very fun so I don't want them to change anything. <laughs> Back to the cores. Phoenix Form 3. You gain 3 fire resistance per core ability in this tree. So again, this is a retroactive and additive defensive mechanism, which is much needed for uh, this character class. Phoenix Form 4 plus 3 magical resistance per, per core. Phoenix Form 5 plus 3 resistance and universal spell power per core. So, it's the first time in the cores you see damage being mentioned. And then Fiendish Form 6, the ultimate ultimate Fiendish Form, plus 4 Charisma, plus 20% Confidence bonus to your HP. You gain Spell Resistance equal to your Charisma score. Excellent defense. So, those are your cores. You're going to get Stackable Fortification. Let's see, we say, 12 plus 6, so it's 18. 6 times 3 is 18. So you get 18% uh, fort, uh, hit points, fire resistance, magic resistance, physical resistance. So 18 of all those, plus now we're going to start getting into the tiers here. And an acolyte of the skin is what it's very hungry for all of your attention, which is, it's good, because that's the nature of the beast, (laughs) so resilient, resilient body in tier 1, is uh, physical resistance rating, 2, 4, and 6, then you have guarded mind, which is immunity to fear, power of desecration fire, you gain 3, 6, 10 fire spell power, and 1, 2, 4 universal spell power, so it's a, you know, it's it's a 3 rank, three three rank incremental power increase dark deals spellcraft haggle concentration and then at rank three you'll get you know plus three to those spells or those skills but also you'll get plus one to your will save and then resilient soul is two four six magical resistance rate so so far we've covered the cores in tier one and you'll notice that there's not much in the way of damage, on either end of this. It's all pretty much defense. Now we get into another another tier, tier two. So you'll get the hellish rebuke S.L.A. Read yourself phoenix flame. Occasionally lashes out when you're struck in melee. Um, it has a it has a time duration per caster level. Uh, enemies that attack you have a chance to take 1d10 fire damage plus one per caster level. This damage scales with fire small power. Uh, hellish rebuke—it's—it's it's in the ash, it's in the ash tree, it's in the tiefling tree. So we've seen this before. It's—it's um, it's a good addition. I played a tiefling, and uh, I used the tiefling version of the hellish rebuke when I did because it comes with the knockdown. Um, with no save, and that's um, an additional layout of security. Mind rack, tier two. Your Eldritch Blast melee range attacks reduce the will saving throw of your target by one for six seconds. This effect stacks up to four times. Again, so far, all right. Power of Desecration, fire. This is another um, damage selector. It's just three ranks. In succession, three, six, ten fire spell power, one, two, four universal, and then after that we have night shield. You permanently gain the effects of the night shield spell. We've seen similar things. Hellfire, your damaging spells now bypass five, 10, 15 points of your target's fire resistance. There's a note in here on the DDL wiki that says this still does not pierce fire immunity or heal by effects on certain enemies. That that's true, um, but if you take the T flow. And you take, if you have enough enhancement points to get the ash thing and then get, this, get the enhancement above the ash thing that allows you to bypass their immunity for a few seconds, uh, you can use that as an opener. And then if you close r- real quick with them, and depending on which, what you know, whatever form you're in and how you want to work your spells, you could eye gaze back to back and get purple numbers on the fire damage at least so that was a pretty good combo um it might be one of the one of the best combos i don't know It, it definitely as far as looks goes it looked looked really good but you'll notice now we've covered tier one we've covered all the cores tier one and tier two now and as far as damage goes we've seen just a couple of you know spell power increase which which is um which is it. You know, everything else is, is pretty defensive, you know, and uh, I'd say the Hellish Rebuke is more of a, more of a, I don't know, that debuff type thing. It's more of a, it's more there for a deterrent than anything else, although I'm sure it helps well in your demon form, but I, I never see the numbers off. It's you. So tier three, this is where things start to shake up. Eldritch Blast, shaped Beam. Transform your Eldritch Blast into a magical beam of force dealing damage to all enemies in a straight line. This scales with 125% spell power. While active, you have minus one pack damage die. There's a note on here about um, how it doesn't it doesn't hit barrels and the AOE part of piece of it where it goes through enemies seems small. I it's just something about auto targeting. I don't know if that means you tab and then fire. I never do that uh, when I'm playing with my ranger, unless I'm sold on a ray or something. I mean, that's way back in the day, but the only, I, with this, I, I just never get it, but it's so much fun to aim the beams. I mean, it's a great part of the, it's part of the gig. you know what I mean? You, you're aiming the beams, it's fun. <laughs> part of the gameplay is that you're, you're doing it, you know, so I I had no issues with this beam thing. There's been some posts on the forums about it. And I would just tell you that, like anything, I kind of want to just blame it on lag because it's been so spotty with the lags at some times. So I think sometimes it's just, you're doing a lot, you're pumping out a lot of damage. So you need to kind of sometimes slow, I hate to say this, you have to slow it down because you're going to break the game. So, let's continue with Tier 3. We're doing good. We're moving along. While in any armor, your Fiend Skin now grants you plus 1 natural armor per 2 Warlock levels. So, so, you get plus 10 stackable natural armor if you go full Warlock. Pretty decent. Power of Desecration Fire. This is the third selector for it. 3, 6, 10. And then one two four. 3, 6, 10 for Fire. One two four for Universal Spell Power. And then here we go. Here's the, here's the one you were all waiting for, Fiendish Glare. Your SLA. It's affected by Empower, Maximize, and Intensify, but not Quicken, not Heightened. Level. Unleash your Fiendish Power as you fire your Eldritch Blast on a cone from your eyes. All enemies caught in the burst take 1d6 evil damage, plus any other effects and damage your Eldritch Blasts produce, and may become feared at the glimpse of your true form. This ability shares a cooldown with Cleave and the damage scales with spell power. Uh the it's three ranks and it lowers the cooldown from eight, six to five second cooldown. It, it's it's a then the last, last one in tier three is a charisma boost, the plus one. So the Phoenix Glare is. I've heard people kind of knock it. Like I don't, I don't know what they expect, but it's not really. It's it's a close range kind of attack like a cleave. That's why I think it shares a cooldown with cleave. But it's um, I feel like its range is it's hard for me to pinpoint because sometimes it, it, I feel like it, I didn't think I would catch somebody and I do. So I definitely think it's big enough because it packs such a huge punch. So acolyte of the skin tier four, drink their fear. You, double, you deal double your pack damage to enemies that are afraid of you. I think this one's worth stopping on because you don't want to overlook this one. The beam, the gazes that you're going to get, you're going to get one here, and then in tier 5, we're going to uh, cover Glare of the Pet. But you're going to get two gazes, and you're going to get the level 2 Scare spell, which is an AoE necromancy spell. And you're going to get bonuses to necromancy spells. Doing double pack damage is important. And fearing the enemy is not is not that big of a deal as far as chasing them down. I I do wish there was some form of I'm not gonna say it. I wish there was some I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say it. I think this is great because I don't want them to touch us at all. I think this is so well done. I didn't want to I don't want to spoil it. So the only thing I'll say about drink their fear is that is a turning point in your journey as you start to understand the being that's possessed you, right? So dealing double pack damage is a big deal and you are gonna be using your beams a lot and I would highly recommend you build into the necromancy. This is not really a build guide, but I would recommend you build into that necromancy, play into that. Devil's Bulwark too while in any armor your fiend skin now grants plus one physical resistance rating per two warlock levels so now we're up to we said 18 and then this one is well let's not do the numbers out because i don't want to um i don't want to spoil it i don't want to lose any this is great that's a great good Is just standard so skin adaption continuing in tier four skin adaption your fiend skin now grants an equivalent amount of cold acid light and resistance maximum of 20 i incred i can't believe that's so great how they built that in because that to me you know the dragon they have a draconic gem that you can slot to yellow gem i think and you can slot it for whatever 35 or 40 resistance rating right to all the resistances and i find it interesting that um you get you know you get built in fire resistance and magically you get all the other ones just like a dragon anyways luck of the gambler uh, plus one, two, three to all saving throws. And that's a traditional defense that, that uh, Warlocks lack in. And then for finishing out tier 4 is your Charisma Bump, plus 1. That's tier 4. Here is the first time we start to see uh, damage. And and it's not, just, it's not just a bump in damage. You're going to find you deal double pack damage to enemies that are afraid of you. And... There is a enhancement. I'm not sure which. I'm not very familiar with warlock, but it's in one of the warlock trees, and you can have your eldritch blast apply the shaken fear effect. And I'm not sure if this counts as them being under fear, but what I can tell you is, when something is shaken, their will saves are lowered, and if you've hit them a couple of times, their will saves are lowered. And then by the that if they have any life left by the time they get up to you and you beam them, I mean it's like cyanide. Now if they get feared and run away, they're they're probably if the gaze is still going off they might just die in the gaze. That's that's how that's how powerful it is. All right, tier five, acolyte of the skin, glare of the pit, unleash your fiendish power. As you fire your Eldritch Blast, in a cone from your eyes, all enemies caught in the burst take 46 evil damage, plus any other effects and damage your Eldritch Blast may produce. May become feared, just as the, just at the glimpse of your true form. This ability shares a cooldown with Cleave and the damage spells with scales with uh, spell power. Eight, six, and five-second cooldown, and the same metamagics are available to Glare of the Pit as are available to. Fiendish glare, and that is empower, maximize, and intensify, and no other meta magics. Devil's Bulwark three. And these are the fiend skin defense ones. While in any armor, your fiend skin now grants plus one magical resistance rating, magical re- resistance rating cap per two warlock levels. And here it is: fiendish symbiosis, transformation. cooldown, three minutes. You call upon your fiendish patron, transforming into a demon for a short time. Looks like half-dragon to me, man. <laughs> you gain 100% fortification, heal from fire damage, and gain natural armor, armor equal to your pact eyes. While in this form, you no, lo- you no longer Eldritch Blast at range, instead you lash out with demonic claws at short-range melee Eldritch Blast that scales 200% with spell power. Entering this form is so frightening that activating this ability causes nearby enemies to become afraid. You may only maintain your demonic form for 30 seconds, but its duration is increased by 5 seconds for each core ability you have in this tree. The last one in tier 5 is Dark Lore, which is 1, 2, 3 necromancy you can see. What I'm going to tell you is, this is a fully functional tree, extremely fun to play. I would highly recommend that you build into what it's hinting that you build into. I would recommend you build some stuff, at least in heroics, into the defensive nature. And I would highly recommend getting the flames cleansed set from Sharn. And if you don't have Sharn, I I don't know what to tell you. you you're probably going to have to look at older gear. But essentially... If you're going with the Utter Dark Blast, the evil damage, you're going to need the Flames Cleansed, uh, as that does Light and Alignment spell-based stuff. So, those are recommended to me. I tried them out, and they are extremely worth it. I know there's a lot of theory when it comes to gear crafting, and I'm not knowledgeable on all the gear that's available to players. So, that's why I hesitate to give you specifics. But the Flames, Cleanse, Fury, whatever that set is, that worked for me. And it was excellent in addition to my, my character's um, functionality. I, I, I would recommend building into that stuff. I would recommend building into your PRR, your MRR, and cranking up your, your necromancy DCs. I've yet to be able to use the scare spell. I am I'm, I'm assuming maybe in epics I'll have time to do that. The reason why I don't use the fear spell, the the scare spell that's level two. Is because I just don't. I don't um, take my meta magics off, and the way I play, I, I use them. You know, I use my spells like. I don't know when I need to defeat a big group of enemies. I like there's just tons of burst damage you can, I, tons and tons of burst damage you can use with that thing, with the warlock. And I think that's kind of what, the whole point of it is. It seems like, for most of the play style, it's it's a, you know good steady damage and then you can really you can really drop some damage down with your spells and then going into fiendish form you know is gonna it goes from whatever 125 percent to 200 percent 75 percent more uh, scaling on your spell power damage i find this extremely fun extremely fun I, I, it is just the crown jewel of archetypes it's so much fun to play it's so different from everything else that's out there and it to me it does not using this The I, I mean i invested fully into the acolyte of the skin tree i don't feel like a warlock i yeah he's, he's right i feel like a, i feel like a the dragon man i don't know how else to say it like i feel like dabby and the dragon like you know on this quest it's an awesome 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 uh class it's fun to play it gives you it gives you all aspects of a bunch of different classes you get the pew pew aspect from hanging back and watching combat unfold you can see where you're needed Apply spell pressure as needed during the fight, whether they need CC or damage. You can help with that, and then you can fly into a rage like the Hulk and unleash the dragon, just like Cisco said. You can unleash the dragon, and um, yeah, I was actually playing one of uh, the the Sharn quests in the in the Cogs there. I can't remember the one where you're looking for the Morgrave students, and there's a mirror puzzle on the top, on the on the ceiling, as you uh, fight the as you after the um, as you go to save the last uh, student. Well, I never played that quest before, and I was soloing it. And I ran across the boss, the mini boss, the mini boss. I was surprised. It's called Fire, and I didn't have a hireling, and I was on Reaper or something. Maybe, maybe that was. I don't know if I was on. I might have been on. A Reaper. I usually don't play. I usually just play on Reaper one. So I'm assuming it was Reaper. And I was still leveling. But when I farm, I farm the just because anyway. So I I come across this encounter and they're you know they're taking my health just chunks down. I'm doing damage to them. I'm doing good. It's just there's just too many. They they just keep spawning and they, they you know they're fire elementals. So I'm not getting them all grouped up as I need to. And, do I use another spell? Do I use, an, do I use more blast? I'm running out of time because I'm running out of health. And I don't know how long the quest is. So I just hit the symbiosis thing. And then all of a sudden I get healed right to full. Because they're all fire, you know, based creatures. And it was like, um, whoever the dev was that suggested that, I mean, thank you. And I'm glad... Uh, I'm glad you did, and I'm glad that uh, it it came through the way it did. What a great, uh, what what a great experience to to have this challenge suddenly made remarkably easier easier by this transformation. And um, people said it was worth <laughs> You know, I keep thinking I, I, this is why I don't I love talking about this. Yeah, I, I can't wait to try it in you know the Velo raid. But it's like in any raid where there's like a fire dragon, or yeah, you know, it's just so. You know, I'm playing something. and It's a big lava pit. Somebody dropped into it and boom. Just, you know, you hit the symbiosis button and so effective. Like I'm getting healed through the lava. It's like I can go where most people can't. So there's a lot of just different strengths to it and utility applications um, to that symbiosis because of the, uh, not just immunity to fire, but the, Uh, the benefit of it healing you as well. So we've listed out the acolyte of the skin. I I really wanted to have some type of build for you guys. I I know um, my buddy's kind of working on one. I'm kind of working on one. kind of working on one together. I want to maybe after I do the reviews of these uh, few, these archetypes, we'll get into other topics. I want to cover monetization again. Because I do, I got some, some thoughts I want to share and then get out into the community and we can start spitballing. because it's important that the game stays afloat. Uh, but we want to make sure that um, while we're steering the boat, while we're steering this boat, uh, we're helping SSG come to, you know, a consensus of how they want to do things. We want to make sure we uh, do the right thing, you know, do the right thing by the company and the players, because we don't want to suggest something that, you know, that is is, you know, is either malicious or not really well thought out when it comes to monetization. But I've got some thoughts and ideas on it, and these archetypes are playing a big role. So, Accolade of the Skin" is a huge hit. It is. It is something I found after playing through it twice, I found more fun building directly into it and using kind of the enhancements as my guide to what types of gear I wanted. And um, I had great, great fun playing through it. I I mean, I I could just, we played through it all night, I don't say I played, but you guys, we played through, we did an all-nighter, so. It was amazing. I, I'm so impressed with it. I don't... I'm going to continue to do podcasts. Probably this one is going to be it for a couple days. I wanted to do another one, record another one tonight. I just don't have the time. And then I will be probably probably tied up till late tomorrow. I'm not quite sure yet. So I wanted to have this one out tonight and then get you guys another one the next day. I just... Um, Unfortunately, I'm just getting back to work and very busy. So, oh, thanks for listening, guys. I I really would like to have someone on um, to talk about their experiences with the end game, the end game rating scene and and what that looks like uh, through their eyes. It's been a long time since I've had any insight into that life. I just don't. So I'd love to love to hear someone's perspective on that. I mean, you know, from you know someone that's like soloing R tens and that, that kind of stuff, and then perhaps soloing raids. I mean, someone that's really got way too much gear, way too much time on their hands. Um, and, and and I'd also welcome any type of other discussion with someone if they had a topic that was interesting or that they wanted to, they wanted to chat about even if it was just for a few minutes and we could just kind of cut it in. I think that would be great. So I think I have, uh, I think I've tried to, uh, I've talked about almost every aspect of this acolyte of the skin that I can. It's, uh, oh, what a huge hit for me. I mean, it, it went from So impressed with this. I I just couldn't believe I was playing DDO. That's how good it it was. I just couldn't even believe it. And uh, happy for these guys. These guys that that worked on this did a great, great job. And it takes a lot and a lot of people to make that thing work. So um, my hats are off to them to have something so unique um, in a a video game like this that's been around for a long time. So... I definitely want to try the Blightcaster Druid and the Dark Hunter. Um, those will be coming up. i got other ideas for the rest of this week's podcast because I don't generally have a whole lot of time to play during a week. So I, I just won't be able to test anything. And I imagine this weekend i got to finish up that other life. So we'll see what happens as far as the other ones go. Maybe we can save them for later. If someone wants to come on and give their thoughts too. I... Um, I'm really, really happy, and I just thank you again, everybody that worked on the acolyte of the Skin. That is uh, an impressive, artistic feat, uh, and I marvel at uh, just the philosophy of it in general. Uh, having something like that in the game in general is, is really deep. Anyways, I have heaped enough praises upon DDO. I will uh, catch you guys. As they say, at another time.